All right, we're here. Nicola Coyne, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. You are amongst the very prestigious group that have come back on a second time now. Well, thank you for that. I think we're, we're talking about an important topic today that everyone is discussing. So I think hopefully I'll be able to shed some light. <laughs> and, and let me also say the first female return guest. Oh, really? Yeah, so big deal. Very big cool. deal going on. So, you know, before we got on, we were joking that it's kind of like, hey, how's your day going? Are you, are you quarantined or self-quarantined, I should say? Yes. I mean, at this point, we shut that we shut the gym down on Monday. Um, but now the city has mandated that all non-essential businesses shut down and we stay home. So we're I'm home. How, how much different is that for you? So I was still, like I joke around that like one small tweak and this is my normal life anyway. How yeah. how different for you, your husband, the kids is this? Um, the kids are home until the end of April so far, and they've said like could be till the end of the school year, which I and praying that's not the case. You know, um, but interesting, interesting subject. My mom works in, in the Fort Myers district. And I was like, well, mom, are the kids going to graduate? And they were like, they have a choice. And I was like, well, I would say yes. Like, I think <laughs> they have a choice. Oh my gosh. So our teacher sent out um, links of like virtual stuff that the kids can do um, through like iPads and computer work. I had the kids, I had a schedule written out for them. So the other day I was home alone with the kids and I had calls and stuff like this all day long. I'm like, well, we're going to have to create a schedule. I'm going to write it up on a whiteboard. They had breakfast at this time to this time. They had reading from this time to this time. They had snacks and I had lunches already made. They were in the fridge. I mean, I, we have really great kids, but they went in the fridge. They got their lunch. I checked like for a minute between calls. I checked in on them, but they were very self-sufficient. So uh, I'm super thankful for that. For that. What? I saw that kind of schedule floating around Instagram. I know a couple of people, maybe you, like Ben Bergeron, I saw all reshared it. So I think, you know, it's important to maintain some sort of structure. I'm interested to hear your idea, especially when it comes to nutrition. But, you know, my wife set the alarm this morning. I'm like, oh, you're setting the alarm? Because we have, you know, to prevent us from what, like we're going to be sitting on the couch by four o'clock. Like, what, why do I have to get up early to work out? We did a little workout in the our extra bedroom, but I was like, we have all day. Why do I have to get up early? And, you know, it's maintaining that structure. What, how important is that, do you think, for those listening, not just on a physical level, like training, but your nutrition? Like, I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but so many people are like, I'm hungry. I'm more hungry than I realize. I'm like, no, you're, you're more bored. bored than, yeah, you're bored. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know what? So much stuff is changing for people right now. They have their kids home. They're working from home. They're not used to this routine. The kitchen is way too close right now to them. So they're like walking in whenever, like every two seconds, they're walking in and mindlessly eating and you end up eating way more because you're stressed or you've got the other people that go all day without eating. Um, so I feel like we have two polar opposite situations with, with people right now. Um, but I think really trying to find a new normal is going to be the most important thing. And that's what we're talking with all of our members about. Like, you need to create a schedule. You need to create a new normal for our kids. Like, I'm not waking them up at this point. Like, let's let them sleep in. But they're they're up and they have the same breakfast that they've always had. I'm making their lunches the same that they would have when they were going to school. Their snacks are the same. They're having reading time. Like it's important. The research shows kids need to read every day. So they're reading for an hour in the morning. And then so before, you, yeah, before go you go on, Nicole, 
you know, coming from such a, a well-known person and someone that clearly knows their nutrition, what, what are some good snacks you've been giving the kids on days like this? Because some people are struggling to get groceries, right? Some, yeah. some places are sold out. You got to be aware there's lack of toilet paper. So you don't want the kids to get diarrhea, right? All those things. So what are some, what are some go-to quick snacks that you can maybe throw out to the listeners for their kids or maybe even for themselves? Yeah. So we have um, cheese and nut packets that we're giving the kids. Um, so like protein, carbs, fat, that's kind of what we're, we're trying to give them with every single meal snack. Even myself, I eat the same thing. Um, Greek yogurt with some nuts. We're mixing that in. They can, I portion the nuts in like a small, super small container. So all they have to do is dump the small container in the yogurt. Cause again, I'm not like, they're going to have to go in the fridge and grab it. Cause I'm likely working. Right. Um, so pre-portioning all of that. I, I would highly recommend pre-portioning snacks for your kids, especially if you are working, because if you give them a giant bag of something, um, like goldfish, for instance, we do have some goldfish. There's small portion baggies, like not the healthiest thing, but I'm, I'm giving them, you know, some, a little something, uh, I'm portioning it out for them. So they eat that and then, and then they move on. So we also have like, um, pepperoni and cheese sticks, fruit with, um, some like turkey roll-ups we're doing for them, hard boiled eggs. Uh, we're doing, we have Kodiak cakes, like um, Kodiak waffles. I think that's a great option that has some protein. We're adding a little peanut butter on there. Honestly, our daughter's underweight, so I'm giving her bacon every possible second that I can because that's something that she'll eat and uh, she's, she needs to gain some weight. So we're pumping some high fat foods to her. Ben and Jerry's cookie dough. Go get some. She'll, she'll the pack sugar it on. in that is not what I'm looking for. I'm happy <laughs> to give her all the fat, but the sugar is something we're, we're trying to keep out. <laughs> so, you know, on topic, but off topic, obviously with your, with your degree and background, where do you draw the line with kids on something like, like we joked about maybe Ben and Jerry's or goldfish. And I know we touched on it in, in your other episode, but you no, know, where is that line for parents? Like, do you want it? Like when I was raised, my parents didn't have dessert but as soon as I went to my buddy Billy's house I had the apple pies every time and like to the point that like you would crave them and I would want more so where do you draw the line for your kids yeah I think you know they have a treat after they get done eating dinner if they ate all their dinner um and that treat could look like some fruit with some like strawberries with some cinnamon on it it when my husband went and bought way too many Girl Scout cookies, they had a girl, two Girl Scout cookies, uh, and you know they're not having a sleeve of things. And I think that's where where the struggle is for a lot of parents is they use the sugar and the sweets as a reward, and then their kids have that relationship where like it the reward makes me happy, and 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 it's not a good relationship down the road. So you know I think having a treat once in a while is is totally fine. Do we go out and get? ice cream once in a blue moon with the kids. Absolutely. They get a small one. The kids share it. It's portion controlled. Like no kid needs a hundred grams of sugar in one sitting. Like don't do that to yourself as a parent. Um, but having some, a little treat once in a while, I think is, is totally fine. I think it's all in moderation and once in a while, like the kids aren't having ice cream every single day. All right. So let's bring it on back to the, to the topic at hand. That was good. I'm, I'm interested to know because yeah. Uh, you know, I think we, you know, we don't need to dive into the nutrition rabbit hole, but I'm still messed. I am 41 years old. And a lot of this, you know, is just how I was raised. I didn't think you could buy tater tots until I was out of college. Cause I was like, Oh, that's just a, something you get at school. Like we, you don't realize you can buy them and have a, a right of potato, you know, tater tots in your freezer. So 
you know, lesson learned from, from one of the best, you know, prepackaged. Don't be afraid to give the kids a little bit of a treat every no, so often, but keep yeah. them eating basically the way you would be eating. A hundred percent. Like our kids eat the exact same things that we do. Our kids are actually making a cookbook right now. It's not going to be released for a little bit, but they are loving it. I wanted to teach them about business and uh, we were talking about like creating our own business. I was like, well, you guys want to create a cookbook. Like you have a ton of healthy recipes. Why don't you share those? We'll get a, a photographer to come in and take pictures. We're almost done with it. So it's going to be, you know, something that they can earn some money on putting a, a book on Amazon. And yeah, I think, I think it'll be fun for them, but they like being in the kitchen. They like eating healthy because that's all they know. Like they, that's all they've done with us, right? I'm not making two different things. Like they eat the same thing we do or they would go hungry. I will buy it. If it's a kid's cookbook, it's I think I can handle those recipes. Let me, okay. I tried to go back on topic, but you, sorry. you, you threw me back off topic. I'm going to stay off topic for a second. You are in a unique situation where you have a very high education, but you're also an entrepreneur. And I'm a little different in that I've been an entrepreneur and a master's is a decent education, right? But, but I don't rely on it where you use yours in your entrepreneurial endeavors. Yeah. What are you going to encourage your kids to do? I want, so. Is this too deep for you on a Friday? No, I think it's a good question. I think it's important for kids to know the value of money. Like we do not give our kids everything. Like, could we go get them a toy from Target every Friday if we wanted to? Yes, but that's not what we do. Like, if they want something, they can save up their money and they can buy it. I, I'll give you a great example. Brody, our son, he was, every time we went to Walgreens, he was buying those, like, dollar cars with his money. Um, but he was buying these, like, stupid cars. And I was like, Jay, I'm done with these dollar cars. Like, he's not even playing with them. So he, he said he wanted a dirt bike for Christmas or something. I'm like, well, it's 400 bucks. If you want to give us and save $200 of it, we'll pay the other 200. The kid doesn't buy anything anymore. Like he saves his money, but I made him save his money to buy something that, that he wanted. He, he saved the $200. He got a dirt bike. We paid for the other half. And, and that was his. How old is Brody? He's 10. What's where, what is he doing? He's your child labor, child labor laws. How is he making $200? You know, grandparents give money. Oh, gotcha. You know, you get money for your birthday instead of buying a dollar car. He saved it up. Yeah, he learned a lot. Of, I mean, I remember before my grandfather passed away, when I would see him, he'd give me a hundred dollars, and I was like, "Mom, can we see Grandpa more often?" <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. All right. Exactly. Let me bring it back on topic because you you have such a unique perspective on this, and the fact that you're smart, you're educated, um, but also you're a box owner, and you have a lot of influence over other boxes. And I think it's a really important time you and I were discussing for you, for boxes to be talking nutrition to their athletes. So 100%. first question today is um, we're recording this on the 20th. I think I'm actually going to put it out for a bonus episode tomorrow. Cause I think we don't usually put episodes out on Saturdays, but, but this is important. Box owners need to be on top of this now. So I yeah. think it's important to get the sooner we can get them to it, the better. Yeah. You decided to shut your doors on Monday, which was the 16th. Correct. Yeah. It was. A, Tell me about that decision. Yeah. So we have doctors, we have paramedics, we have firefighters, we have nurses who are in hospitals. And when you look at the research with this coronavirus, it lives on metal for four days. Like there's no way, even though we had professional cleaners come and everyone wiped their stuff and all this standard stuff, every gym is saying they're doing to keep their gym clean. There is no way that you can control that. And I did not want to be the person that got someone sick or got someone's family member 
her sick. Like I didn't want that to come back to us and not that anyone could have ever said it was from HSN or help, you know, our CrossFit that, that they got sick. I just, I was like, I couldn't live with myself if, if one of our members, even we have older people, we have quite a few people that are 70 plus years old. Like those people are at risk. Like I didn't want to put that. I didn't want to have the guilt of that. So we, I think a big thing that we did was communicate early. Um, so over the weekend, I like Jason and I were talking, we had gyms in Italy running our nutrition program that were shutting down, being forced to shut down. Like all last week, I was trying to help them deal with it. So I had already come up with the plan that we would implement when, when the time came. So I sent out the first email saying, these are all the extra things we're doing to keep the gym clean. We're asking you to come to non-busy classes so that we can limit the class size. That was like Saturday or Sunday, I sent that email out. And I said, just in case we close, we plan to do all these awesome things for you so that when it was announced that we had to close, or if we announced that we were closing before, they knew something awesome was going to come for them. And that just because they couldn't physically come to our gym, we were going to figure out another way to support them. So we sent out the email. I don't think like barely anyone responded to the email. So it's fine, whatever. Like they saw it they moved on with their day. Then things happened like really quickly on Monday. Like I'm talking to all these gym owners. So many people are like closed down. Like all I've been doing the whole week is like on zoom. I've lived on zoom from like 7am to like 8pm. And you know, gym owners were, were being forced to shut down. I was like, I don't, I don't want to be in that position. I don't want to be scrambling once we're, once we're forced to shut down to, to, now communicate a message of what we're going to do when we shut down. I'd rather like us be in control, us figure out a plan and, and talk to our members about it. So they know like we have the purest intentions and we just want to like help prevent you from getting sick or your loved ones, grandpas, grandmas, moms that are, that are coming to your house. So I think the biggest thing that we did was we made a video of Jason and I, like on my iPhone, I made a video and I can send you the link so that people can, can watch it. I think that would be helpful. Um, made a video basically saying like, we came up with it. We're, we're in this really stressful time and we decided that we're shutting our gym down and here's the reasons why. And here is what we are going to do to help support you now that we have moved to a virtual platform and we're going to do this and this and this, and it's going to be awesome. And although you can't come physically to the gym, you can check out equipment so you can have stuff at home. We're going to have home workouts and virtual classes and check in on you more now than ever. Um, literally Jason. So I sent the text, I sent it, I upload the video to YouTube, made it unlisted because I only wanted our members to see it first. That was like at four, five o'clock. We had like one member sneak in during it. I was like, please don't text anyone. Like just let this message come out from us. Like, please don't, please just let it, let people hear it from Jason and I. So he's like, okay. I sent out the message. We told people at the 5.30 and 6.30 PM class, everyone was, was okay with it. I, the text messages and emails that we got back, like, thank you for being a leader. Thank you so much for doing this. I, I support your decision hundred percent. If someone cannot afford to pay their membership, please let us pay. Cause we want to support you. Like the overwhelming majority of people were a hundred percent. I haven't had one person cancel because of of us closing. We've been closed for five days. And I, I truly think, and when I talk to gym owners that are in a very different situation than us, it's because they posted on social media, Hey, we're closed. We're going to post home workouts. Well, 
if I, that's all I was doing, I would cancel my membership too. Like you have to figure out how to pivot quickly and support your clients virtually really fast and over communicate what you are going to do and highlight the member member benefits of what you are going to do. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely share that link. I'll grab it from you after. And I think so much of what you're saying just came from being proactive and I was in a similar situation for the gym I go to. I go to a jiu-jitsu school and I actually, I decided to stop going last Wednesday just because I was like, this is, I get your sweat in my mouth. Like, I don't need to catch this. Like, there's a part of me that's like, hey, we got to protect the old people. And there's a big part of me that's also like, I don't want to get sick. Yeah. So, you know, you hear all the, hey, we'll be fine. You never know. You truly never know. So, Friday, they sent out an email similar to yours. And right away, I was like, I want to support these guys because I just felt like they were doing the right thing. And I encourage if you're a box and you've not made that decision, you're better off making it preemptively because what's going to happen? I mean, realistically, you're going to be shut down. So I'll tell you what's okay. Let's yeah. Let me, let me throw one other thing in there for any box. Like I think one message I wasn't getting across to them. It's like, you're not only being in my, this is my opinion, and I don't represent Fern's opinion either, but you're being selfish. And what would be so much worse is to be known as the box that spread this. It's not even about being smart. It's like, if your box gets it and it spreads, like you're tarnished forever. Yeah. And, and no one can really, really know if your box is the one, but if all, some, all of your members or a, a right. percentage of your members, then it's easily targeted at you. And I'm sorry, but most gyms are not clean. Like they're not, they're not the level of clean that you need to be to control this thing. And no matter how much you clean, you're not cleaning it. Like I, I, you're just not. And I see some gyms putting up images of like, Hey, we're social distancing. It's like, yeah, but you're also breathing significantly heavier during a CrossFit workout than when you walk past someone on the street. And how many times have you done a burpee and your sweat flies off? Who knows where it lands, right? My husband, the other day, he coached the the Saturday class and he's like, Nicole, it was disgusting to watch everyone wipe their eyes. They didn't even realize they were wiping their eyes. Like people don't, don't realize what they're doing and they could easily, um, you know, contaminate themselves. I mean, it, it lives on metal for four days. Like you're not cleaning that. You're even if you do bleach, I just don't think you're going to be able to get every single thing between every single person. And you know, I, I've seen so many gyms say, Hey, we're opening up open gym hours which every like gym owners, like I get it. You have to make a decision for your community. That's awesome. But if you're just opening up your gym for more open gym hours, that's even worse in my opinion of controlling how clean you're keeping your facility. Well, people can use any equipment they want. They can go wherever they want. Right. Where at least I don't recommend staying open, but at least if you're capping class at 10 and you're like, you stand there, you stand there versus everybody. I mean, we're currently renting. I was telling you in Boulder and there's a very little gym that even that shut down. And I can't think of any days that there was more than me and one other person in it. But I, you know, was I frustrated? Sure. But I'm like, Hey, any, and this is how I feel. It's like, if you're making a decision, cause you think you're doing what's right for not just your you know, local box, but the world, how can I be mad at you? And I think overwhelmingly boxes are feeling the support, but let me ask you this. T- this is a tough question. How long are boxes going to get that support for? Meaning yeah, so, this is yeah. indefinite. Yeah. And I think that that you pivoting to a virtual community, and I think I just was on a Zen Planner webinar, and I think there's two things you have to look at. Like what individual 
customized support I'm going to provide my clients? And then how am I going to preserve my community? So you have to look at two pieces of the puzzle when you create your plan. And the gyms that just preserve their community, I don't think are going to be able to continue with their members paying for CrossFit. It's the ones that are providing individual support that I think people will see the value in continuing to pay their monthly membership. So, so give me some examples of, and especially, I mean, obviously the big one is going to be nutrition, but talk to me how we do that. Yeah. So what we did um, was we, so we sent out that video, right? And at the end of the video, I said, please look out for an email. We're sending it out in a couple hours. I sent the, the video out through a text message because I wanted to make sure people would get the video that we're closing down and they could see Jason and I's face because I wanted them to see our face before they read an email. Because if you even if you send a, a video via email, they're going to read the rest of the email before they watch the video likely, right? So they saw the video and, I, and what we did was we set up individual appointments for every single client. So they could touch base with one of us on our staff um, between, Friday, between Monday night and in Friday and today, they had a 20 minute appointment to just talk to them and find out what success looks like for them. In our job as coaches, and you know, really we're providing accountability and support to whatever success looks like for them. There's so many different things that are changing. So we set up a template of like, and I put this template on our get free help page, um, but different questions like, what is consistent for you right now? What's changed? So like my kids are home, I'm working from home, my husband is home who hates eating healthy, whatever, you know, whatever, whatever it might be. Oh, what does success look like for you? What's, what are you doing right now in regards to like your eating and training, like the things that you are supporting them with before, do they have any home equipment? That's what I'm, I'm offering them. If they say like, I got a whole home gym, I'm not even like really promoting the checkout equipment. Cause I I'm trying to save the checkout equipment for the people that really need equipment. They have nothing even though I don't, I don't think equipment is necessary. Like we're getting great workouts with no equipment at all. And then from there, we are setting up some action steps for them. So um, for instance, one of the action steps, the girl, one of our, our clients, she was working out of an office. Now she's working at home. She's like, um, I'm, I'm eating breakfast every day, but I'm not having any protein with my breakfast. And like my meals are all like jumbled. Like I'm, I'm not eating consistently or I'm going in the kitchen every five minutes. It's like, she's one extreme or the other. So I was like, all right, why don't you set an alarm? Like I did with our kids and write out a schedule so that you remember to eat. And then you don't overeat or undereat. like just write yourself out a schedule. So that's really helped a lot of people. Um, but providing individual support. And then what we did is add every one of our clients into the HSN app where we can keep them accountable to whatever they're committing to. So like, that's how we're, we're tracking habits. Prior to this, it was only our nutrition clients that were in the app. Now everyone's in the app. So that's one piece. So they're doing this initial meeting and then we're having them be assigned to a coach. Cause I think another piece of the puzzle that gym owners are asking about is do I still pay my coaches, right? Like if they're not having I mean, you are a coach. If you relied on that income, um, you are a coach still. Like if you relied on that income and now you're not doing those classes, you got paid per class, how are you going to make ends meet, right? So what we did was we figured out how much money we were paying for coaching every week, how many hours of admin work we could allot to coaches. And essentially admin work is them calling clients to follow up with them every single week. And making videos and doing other things behind the scenes to keep our clients engaged and nurture them and make sure that they have all the support they need. So 
you know, we're, we're still paying our coaches because they're, they're being flexible with what they're doing. They're not coaching class or coaching live virtual zoom classes, but they're not, they're not coaching physical classes. Our, our location's closed, but they're following up with clients regularly. So I think that's a big piece of the puzzle that a lot of gyms are missing. They're just saying like, Hey, I'm going to post workouts and people are not going to see the value of that for six weeks from now with just posting a workout on social media. Like you have to have individual touch points. And as an owner, if you have 200 members, you're not going to be able to touch point every single person. So why don't you have your staff help you? Uh, we're paying ours $25 an hour, which is our coaching rate. He's calling six people an hour to check in on them. And, and nutrition coaches are, are doing the same thing. We kind of split the, the workload for those clients. One thing that's important, because I've, I've heard from a couple of box owners and like, this is actually not too bad. I'm closed. People are still paying. I'm not paying my coaching staff. And it's like, that's not the right answer. I can tell by your face that you're not happy with that answer. But part of it is, hey, you need to give them this opportunity, right? I think I understand if they're not doing anything and some people have other jobs, but some coaches do rely on this. And you know, that way, because how many members do you have? There's between nutrition and only, so we have nutrition only clients and we have members of the gym. There's like a little over a hundred. Right. That's, that'd be a lot of people to divide amongst the two of you. So you need to rely on anyone. I'm called oh, so, person. Right. And, and not to mention, you know, 20 minutes, it's just, that would be overwhelming, but you didn't answer this question and not that, you know, but how long do you think, when do you anticipate opening the doors again? And I know you, you let's keep politics, all that nonsense out of it. Like, What's your honest thought, Nicole? No, I just did this webinar with, with Zen Pointer and, you know, they have a whole different, like a whole idea of like watching what happened in China. I know for us, we're not going to be able to open legally from like the, the mandate in our county till April 18th. So I know for four weeks, we are 100% wow. closed. So I didn't realize any counties had gone that long. I mean, we have some, like in one of our mentors, she lives in Canada till September, they, they said, or something. I'm like, what September, like you're going to have to really get creative and really provide the value. Cause I don't think that if you're just posting online workouts, you're going to be able to, to keep that in. We're doing virtual classes for our community, um, through zoom meetings, not webinars. I think that's a, a question everyone's asking is like, all right, Zoom meetings are, or what are you using for virtual classes? Um, Zoom is what we use. Then the next question they're asking is, um, do we need the paid version or the pro version? And you need the pro version, not the not the free version, because the free version yeah, only gives people you, in it. Well, that, but it cuts you off Four. after forty minutes. Right. And you have to keep. You, you have to hit that off. button for an extra ten minutes. Well, you don't want to be cut off in the middle yeah. of like your camp firing with your community, the, like the actual community part of the vir the virtual class, right? And for the um, record, it's like, we're talking like $15. It's not like a yeah. incredibly high expense. 15 bucks. Um, so Zoom account, um, make either a meeting or just send everyone your like profile ID so they can join in on the class and have them join in with the camera so you can see them, they can see you. I we're going to make a checklist for zoom because there's so much stuff that goes into hosting a virtual class. And I literally have probably answered the same questions at least 50 times over the past couple of days. So we're just going to make a checklist, like do this, do this, do this. You know, a couple of things that I would, I would definitely Where will those be? Just, I know you said you'd send the link to the other stuff, but where can people check back to find that? Uh, if you go to grownutritionbusiness.com backslash free help, 
Uh, I'll send you the link, but that's where we're like posting all the most up-to-date, how to run a virtual class, how to run a virtual meeting, uh, the templates for the virtual meeting, all of that stuff for anyone is, is there. Um, okay, so if you're running a virtual class, send the link out via text message at least to get people started so it's easy for them to join. So send the link out, uh, join a little early. So we join about like five to seven minutes early, let them like chit chat. Think about how a class runs, like people don't, come right at the you know minute mark, they join a few minutes early, they, they wanna chat. So start that conversation as people are coming in, like ask them questions, like this is your time to just chit chat with, with everyone as a coach. And then uh, we do a question of the day, which I think is more important now than ever. So start off with a question of the day. And with Zoom, if you do the gallery view, not the speaker view, you can see everybody, right? Which I had to teach everyone that's come on our, our live meetings, like, hey, push this button in the top right corner that says gallery view so you can see each other and you're not just seeing four people. But, but these little tricks, right? We're learning as we, as we do all these virtual classes. Um, yeah, and just to be clear, that doesn't mean everyone sees that. So you can change your, your view, which doesn't change everyone else's. And, and I don't know if you were gonna get to this. One thing I would throw in there is you can set up your Zoom. So immediately when people join they're muted yeah that's your call obviously but knowing having run many meetings you realize you know someone's dog barks and it's distracting and you know depending on the view you have it might pull them up when other people are talking so that's it's just something you can consider for sure so um the gallery view you definitely want to teach all of your people how to do the gallery view so they can see each other because that's part of the community aspect of it we're like as we do the question of the day, I would call out people like, okay, Jason answer. Okay, you know, the next person answer and the next person answer the question of the day to make sure everyone answers because they can't see who's next. And it's not like a line, like a circle, like the way we normally do it. And then after we do that, when we go into the warm up and like explaining the workout, we ask everyone to mute themselves. So now what you are saying with like people's like huffing and puffing, it's not pulling their noise instead of you talking as, as the coach. So mute all of them. We put the workout in the chat so that people can see it because that was a mistake we made at one point. People were like doing the wrong rep scheme the first day because they didn't pull it up on SugarWatt on their phone or they, I don't know what they were doing. Um, but now we put it in the chat so they can see it. And then we go through the warm up, we go through the movements, we talk about scaling options or making it harder. All of our at-home workouts are starting with body weight stuff, but some people took kettlebells, some people have dumbbells, some people have rowers, like we're giving them different options as we go through kind of the movements and, and the workout. Another mistake we made is we went like warm up, then right into the workout. And when you do a class, usually let people pee or like yeah. get water, something, anything. <laughs> um, so now we like purposely like, all right, you guys have two minutes. Um, get your stuff together. Yesterday we did a, a workout and it was, this was a mistake we made yesterday. It was 10 rounds of 200 meter run and 15 sit-ups. So we did like a Tabata to start, but then that was, that was the workout. And the vast majority of people finishing was like a 10 minute time span, right? So we didn't put a time cap on it, but I had one person finishing in like 15 minutes and one person finishing in 25 minutes. And the people that finished in the 15 to 20 minute mark, got a lot of chit chatting and the person that finished at the 25 mark didn't. So we're going to do a time cap or an EMOM or an AMRAP. So everyone kind of finishes at the same time moving, moving forward. Well, what you're uh, suggesting for both of those last few statements is a lesson plan is 
just as important, if not more important right now. Oh yeah. So, so come into every workout with a lesson plan and still do your best to maintain the normalcy of a class, like a whiteboard brief there. You know, obviously it's a little harder to make sure people are scaling correctly these days virtually, but yeah, hey guys, each, you know, this is 10 rounds and I want you done in 10 minutes. And, you know, that means that maybe your run needs to be a hundred meters versus 200 meters, that type, but, you know, keep, keep class as consistent as possible. Yeah, for sure. And I would say, so originally that workout was 400 meters and we're like, ah, we don't want them to run 400 meters. That's too long. Cause like, what if they're gone forever? And then, you know, they're not going to be back in front of the camera. So we're keeping the runs really short um, so that they can kind of come back to, to the, the virtual class. And um, now they're coming back. Is the coach literally just watching the gallery view and doing their best to coach? I mean, they're watching the gallery view. I mean, you can kind of see like we did lunges one day and people are like hunched over. So we're like, get your chest up tall, get that knee down. Like, I mean, you can kind of give a cue or two, but you're really a cheerleader saying like, hey, keep going one more rep. I mean, you're, you're, you're more of a cheerleader than you ever have been, um, in my opinion, because you can't really I see, agree. especially the way like the camera set up. We got some people that like, it's looking at the sky. I mean, it's, Zoom is new for everybody, right? So they're not the best. <laughs> They'll learn, but that, I mean, it, it's, it's great to hear that, you know, people are showing up and I, I've seen so many people drop links. I'm thinking about dropping into like different boxes virtually. Well, I mean, why not? Like, I think it, I think it's really a good way to um, keep the community involved. So the, the biggest things I could say about a virtual class is one, you want to make sure that there's some community talking at the beginning, right? And then one at the end, there's the community talk at the end. So I will tell you that Every single person who's, who joined yesterday was like, yeah, I would not have finished that workout if I didn't do this. So people want that. They want the accountability. They need the social interaction more than ever. Like you providing that through a, a Zoom virtual class. I mean, think about it. Like Peloton built a whole company on a virtual class, right? Like we can do this. Like we're CrossFitters. Like we, we got this, right? So we just have to be flexible with our approach. Are you finding the men take their shirts off as much virtually as they do at the box. A thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're absolutely they right. Make sure they're getting closer to the camera. You know, they're, they're making sure everyone can see. <laughs> I said to my wife, I was like, I wonder if this is good or bad for Tinder. Because if I were on Tinder, I'd be like, I wouldn't trust anybody. But like you got Corona. I'm not like you feel for single people right now. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Single people are like, Oh, it must be so nice. No, like being on top of your significant other is, is there's just as much, you know, about that. That's like, oh, this is driving me crazy as being single. But I was like, if you feel for your single friends, they really could be completely alone. I've, I've spent more time on the phone this last week than I have, you know, in the last three years, just calling people. I think, you know, that's an important piece of the puzzle, right? So like a lot of our members are transplants, like they, they don't have a ton of family here. So them being able to talk to each other and communicate and still have some sort of normalcy is really important. Uh, we use SugarWad for our um, workout tracking. We're still putting the home workouts in SugarWad. They're still tracking it. We're checking in, um, people checking into push press so we can see who's coming to the virtual classes. I think you need to try and really stay on top of your members more now than ever because you need to see who's who's engaging and who's not. Cause the people that are not engaging are the ones that are going to ask you to cancel their membership. And I, I honestly don't blame them. Yeah. You know, what, what's your expectation on day one when they come back? That was something I was thinking of like, how weird is this going to be? 
I, my hope is that it's not weird at all because they're seeing our faces so much. But to be honest, so we actually hired a, essentially a full-time coach last week. His first day was Monday, the day we closed. So talk about perfect, unperfect timing, right? Like his first day is like, all right, now we're closed and you're going to have a ton of stuff because you're solely relying on, on our, you know, money for your income. We're going to get super creative with all the things. And I will tell you that I'm blown away by all the stuff he's done in the gym. Cause we, although we were closed, he's been in there kind of reorganizing and doing things. So when our members do come back, they're going to be so excited because the gym looks even better than it did before right now. You know, and I think that's twofold. One, yes, yeah, spend this time doing things you've been avoiding at the gym, systems in place, cleaning, you know, building that new wall ball rack. What's your opinion on this though? I have seen some box owners and some coaches either going in and training on their own or even kind of having like a little, you know, invite only, if you will. Oh my gosh. Do you want to like get people hating you? I, I don't think that's like, I, I don't think that's a great idea at all. Um, I'm usually like do what's best for your community, but that could easily have, especially the invite only. I could not imagine doing that. Uh, we're, I've done the workout um, at the gym during a live class. So like my husband will coach the live class and I'm behind him doing it right there. So people can see us doing it. But, but you're doing not, the workout they're doing. Oh yeah. We're not doing, and we starting now, now gyms are mandated to close. So now our live workouts will be from, from our garage gym home. Um, that we'll be streaming, but absolutely not. I, we told our coaches, they're not allowed to work out at the gym. Um, it, it needs to be consistent rules for everybody. I know like the CrossFit masters opens right now. And I know there's masters athletes that are like, I need to get, get my workouts in. Right. I, one of our gyms in Serbia is qualified. And she's like, I, I didn't do it because, um, I couldn't as a gym owner say, I'm going to go, I'm going to do my workouts, but then not let anyone else go in and, and work out too. I think you need to be consistent. And if you take anything from this episode, like your, your community is looking for a leader and it is your responsibility as a gym owner to be the leader of your tribe and pour so much love and positivity in them because that's what they need right now. Like everyone's scared. Like I've, I've slept, I'm working more now than I ever have. Um, just because we have so many moving parts and I just want to make sure that gyms are set up. Like I was talking to Z from Barbells for Boobs yesterday and she said one of the gyms she talked to lost 60% of their members overnight. I'm like, my heart breaks for those people. And there are going to be more gyms in that scenario if they don't communicate the plan of how they're transitioning virtually. And, and that's a problem, right? Because I don't know any gym that had, I mean, when you ran your gym, did you have an extra three months of cash flow, like readily available to pay all of your bills? You know, I was a pretty successful you, gym. You were, so never mind. You're not a good example. I did, I, yeah. I, I was pretty good about it, but I can under, I can understand. Most gyms are not in that exactly. scenario. Let me, let me ask you a question. I think I want to make sure I didn't mishear you. Are you letting members borrow equipment from the box? So they checked out equipment. Um, we originally said rented, but my husband's like, it's not renting. They're checking out like you would a book in a library. Like we let them um, check out two pieces of equipment uh, with dumbbells, kettlebells, ab mats, a jump rope, whatever they, they needed. Um, they're checking who, would out who would pick a jump rope? I'd be like, cool, no double unders for a month. This is great. I don't I'd be know. like, that'd be like checking out running sneakers. I'd be like, no, thank you. Give me a dumbbell. <laughs> well, we're not we're not letting them check out weights or barbells, um, like barbells or or the rubber weights. I I just was like, okay, what are some easy transferable 
pieces of equipment that some people don't have so they could make a RX plus version of the workout or make it a little bit harder. I mean, who knows how long we'll be close. I mean, at this point, I know we're closed for a month, but how long after that, I'm, I'm not really sure. So we're letting them check out pieces of equipment for one week at a time. Um, we have a list that we kept track of. And once we run out of like 53 pound kettlebells, we're going to have a waiting list for the 53 pound kettlebell. So if someone's on the waiting list, then they'll be the next one up, right? To get the 53 pound kettlebell. It's not happened so far. Like people are renting equipment and, and everyone's fine with what they've rented in. So it's they a want fitness to library. Yeah. Like you're going to charge, sure. you're going to charge a nickel for every day they're late, bringing it back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a great idea. And I think it's a great way to keep, I mean, really, if they were going to buy that, they might spend as much as they paid for the month you know, membership. So it's, it's more things you can be doing. I have seen other boxes do things like rowers and, you know, even barbells, but I think, I think that's the right decision. Keep it simple. You know, let's not, and you don't want to be potentially on the hook. It's your equipment. If someone got hurt with a barbell, they put it through their window, whatever goes on at home. Do you think this is going to change people's opinion of CrossFit in the sense that they realize, Hey, more isn't better. Like I got a text this morning from a good friend who actually made the age qualifiers. And he was like, wow, one workout a day and I'm eating more and losing weight. I was like, no shit. You're, yeah. you know, I've been telling you that for three years, like yeah. you're overtraining. So do you think this is going to change that perception? I think people are going to realize that something as fundamental as fitness shouldn't be complicated and that you can get a really great workout doing simple movements like I'm sore and I'm literally only doing our home workouts like I mean you know like you don't have to have crazy movements and do muscle ups to get a good sweat in and I think the most important thing that any gym owner coach can do right now is help your members find a new normal and keep them accountable to that so ask them what they can commit to as far as doing home workouts can they join the live classes so that there's a community pick out what days they're going to do those workouts and help them plan it in their schedule so that they have some consistency and there's some, some normalcy there. I mean, people, people need consistency. We crave structure, all of us. So if you can help them create that, I think you're going to be more successful. They're going to appreciate you more because they need that. And you're going to have more members that, that want to support you when your doors are closed. Yeah, I think that's great. Part of what was getting me so frustrated before last weekend, before more and more gyms started to close was people complaining. I'm like, you're not that important in this world as a whole. And you're also not that fit. Like people lose their minds. I'm like, you're not fit enough to even worry about a month. And, and I, I don't think I expressed it well enough, but I think over the years, you've seen this, people fall off for a week, for two weeks on everything, you know, when it comes to fitness, but when they're mandated for the safety of the country, they lose their mind. And I'm like, you're the same dummy that every, you know, December 14th, you take 17 days off, like, and yeah. eat junk food, like, but you're going to complain when we're trying to protect the country. It just, it wasn't making sense to me. By the way, I think, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I was going to go off topic. What were you going to say? Go ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, I think we're about to see a whole bunch of men have really long, bad haircuts because we can't get I'm looking at myself in this video. I'm like, I look like a lunatic, but you know, I'm in this no man's land. Now that I have short hair, it's overgrown, but my, my barbershop closed down. One of my, Roz offered to cut my hair, but I think I'm better off going like this. 
<laughs> no, I think what you can do to support local businesses and you supporting local businesses, like we're doing takeout, we're getting gift cards to restaurants because I want those restaurants to be open when this is all said and done. I mean, and I'm also looking in, we're watching really closely. I'm, I'm purposely asking questions like, who's working from home right now and who's not working? Like, I want to know who is struggling right now because they expected that income. I know that the servers and bartenders that we have working for us are out of a job right now. So they are going to struggle. I want to keep even closer tabs on them. Not so they keep their membership, just so that they're, they're okay. You know, like I want to make sure that, that we're supporting them. And I think it's important when you have these community things and you probe questions and ask people, then you can find out like what's going on in their life. How can you help them? Yeah, I agree. I will be going to Crumble Cookie on Saturday to support them. because <laughs> That's not what I meant, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true, because they have great flavors this week, by the way, which I think they did on purpose. You know, they, they rotate four of their six cookies. There's no Crumble in Florida. But if we no. come back to Florida, I think you and I need to go into business and then open a Crumble Cookie together. But they, <laughs> they rotate. They wrote, you got to diversify, Nicole. You're so, you're so far on one end. You got to be, you know, it's like the stock <laughs> so market. so far healthy. Move yeah. to the other direction. <laughs> you got to diversify. But, you know, Crumble Cookie, four of their six cookies rotate every, every week. And the cookies that are coming out this week are great. So I'm going to go get those. Um, anything else you think is important? Because I do have a couple fun questions for you before we sign off. So anything else of importance that you think box owners, just people need to hear? You know, I think at, you need to provide support to your clients and you, it's time to get creative, right? So like we're doing a bingo, we're pushing a ton of free content out. We've called our past members and told them like, hey, look out for this awesome stuff that we're pushing out so that they see and they see hope and positivity when everyone is such has such negativity. And I think that's really, really been rewarding for us because we are having an even bigger impact through social media, which is now more important now than ever. And I also think looking at like, how do you get creative with getting leads and people aren't coming in for a free intro. So how can you provide support to people um, and still not, not lose a ton of revenue, right? Like there are going to be some members that fall off. Absolutely. There are going to be members that cancel, but can you offer other virtual accountability programs like nutrition, right? So like we're still having people sign up for nutrition coaching still. And it's because they're stuck at home, they're out of the routine, they're gaining weight and they need help. So you can definitely still offer other services besides CrossFit classes, right? Like you need to now more than ever think outside the box and get creative. And to be honest, I think, I, not that I'm excited, I like new things, but I I've been so inspired to help gym owners get creative with ways to keep their clients engaged and add new services so that they can, they can help their clients. I'm not saying charge your clients more. I do not think that is a great idea. I think that you need to provide and pour all the love into your current clients that are keeping their memberships. And if someone were to cancel, okay, then, you know, just make sure you're following up with them regularly. So when you do open back up, they're, they're right back at, at your spot. But if you're, no, you're, no, I, I agree with you in the sense that I think, you, know, you have to just keep providing that value for your members, you know, and it's changing right now. So what the value is, hey, you come into class, you have this community where, where right now that value has to be elsewhere. Yeah. Let me ask you a couple fun questions before we wrap up. Okay. So you're at, you're, you're at home with the kids. 
Yeah. What what's what's one 80s movie you have to show your kids during this quarantine? Oh gosh. I don't know. 80s movie. I don't know that I know any 80s movies. All right, and I, what's one classic cheesy <laughs> movie? Jason Jason made the kids watch Rudy and they absolutely loved it, so we'll probably make them watch that again. I, I like, like that movie. Is that an eighties movie? It's not nineties movie. Rudy's probably nineties. Okay. You're a little younger than me, so let me let's go nineties instead of eighties. Okay, I'm what's gonna one, go Rudy. What's one classic nineties album that you should sit down with the kids and listen to? Oh gosh. Man, you're asking me some tough stuff. Um I love how this is the tough stuff. You just gave advice to hundreds of box owners, thousands of people, but Coming now up with a thumbs on '90s music. <laughs> coming up with Alanis Morissette is a uh, is tough. All right, let me go more your speed. What's okay. a great book that you should read with the kids? Yeah, that's. I think honestly, we're having the kids like get cookbooks. I want the kids in the kitchen. I think it's a math equation for them. Like, let them double the recipe and add the math. Like, you can you can teach them while they're they're you know at home i jason saw this on someone's amy hollingsworth actually i'm sure you know amy and dan amy wrote something like you want to teach the kids how to read put on a movie and turn on the captions only and the sound off and now they've all of a sudden <laughs> read for three hours i think that's a great idea i think both of those are great ideas and a great way to wrap it up i love i love the idea of hey put the kids in the kitchen make them learn math but also have dinner made for you so Absolutely. that's really where it's at. Finding, finding a new normal. And if the new normal is kids, kids are the cooks, that's great. This was a phenomenal episode for any box owner and really for any person listening. So thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom here. And we'll make sure to provide all those links in, in the show notes. Awesome. Well, Jason, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be the first girl to come back on for a second episode. <laughs> yeah, the first female repeat. So very prestigious. And, uh, you know, we don't offer that to just anybody, but thank you so much for coming on. It's stressful for everybody. We appreciate your insight. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to best hour of their day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with best hour of their day. When it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, day at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.